Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast. As a separate endeavor from Forbes, Hever, and Wallace, our goal with this platform is to connect all aspects of the food service industry through thoughtful, fun, and interesting conversations with people throughout the industry. While understanding the sensitive nature of our competitive industry, we are grateful for the opportunity to interview guests that are current and future customers of ours, as well as specialists in industry segments that we ourselves are just learning about. If you think you or someone you know would be an energetic and entertaining guest, or if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, please leave a comment or reach out to us directly. Our emails are in our bio. Thank you again for choosing to listen, and remember to sit back, relax, and click play. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. I am Justin. And I'm Carrie. And we are so glad that you are here today. Uh, we have a wonderful guest, Chris Collins with Mission Restaurant Supply, is going to be joining us. And before we get started, we wanted to say thank you to everyone for all the positive feedback um, and positive reviews and subscriptions that we have received for the podcast. And we've just had a lot of a lot of people come up to us and say that they're really enjoying it. So thank you so much. And we ask uh, that if you're new to the podcast, that you please subscribe, rate, and review so we can keep this thing going and continue to interview interesting people across the food service industry and help connect the industry. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get started with our guest, Chris Collins from Mission. Carrie, take it away. Okay, well, um, Chris has been a a friend and somebody that I've wanted to get to know better. He's very interesting. I enjoy talking to him, and I like his perspectives. Unfortunately, he's up there with you, Justin, and and not here in town. But, um, you know, whenever I get to interact, I always learn something. And I really like your perspective, Chris. So I thought, or we thought, you'd be a great guest. Um, The fact that you're with a restaurant supplier, um, you, you know, is kind of tricky since we have other restaurant supply customers. But the reason I really wanted you as a guest um, wasn't to talk about um, MRS, but really um, your perspectives. And I, I really think you're just such a smart guy. And I always leave our conversations um, thinking, thinking more. So if you don't mind, uh, we'll walk you through a couple of questions. But in the beginning, I think it'd be nice for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the food service industry. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Thank you both for uh, for the opportunity to uh, to talk to you all this morning. Um, I actually got my start in this business uh, through my dad. So he uh, he worked in restaurant supplies uh, and, and uh, worked for Four Seasons and was a, a tech for Hobart for many years. Uh, and then he worked for Asmart in the 90s uh, and then went off and, and started his own um, facilities and service business. And so I was looking for a summer job before college and uh, had an opportunity to work for Asmart Restaurant Supply. Um, and that ended up extending for about three years. And then um, in 2006, Andy Wiesty, now president of Mission Restaurant Supply, reached out to my dad, and they've known each other since the early 80s. And he said, hey, uh, I think we have an opportunity for your son uh, to come and, and run our new scratch and dent showroom. Um, and so I came on board and did that for about a year. Uh, and then shortly after that, we were really kind of focusing on the, the Mission website, and that was kind of the beginning of, of uh, e-commerce in our industry. And so um, I really got my start uh, professionally in, in uh, that department um, and did that for several years and finished up college. And then 
I ended up leaving Mission for a few years to, to get into the tech industry. And then at the end of 2014, Andy called me and said, hey, we've got this opportunity for you to come back and uh, be in charge of our e-commerce department. So I made that, uh, that transition then at the end of, of 2014, and it, it was one of the, the best decisions I've made, I think, personally and professionally. Uh, and then at the end of uh, 2017, they called me again and said, uh, hey, Chris, we've got this opportunity for you to move to Dallas and be the general manager of our Dallas operation. So I've been in Dallas uh, for almost a year and a half now in, the, in that capacity. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a long journey, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. That, you know, when, when you mentioned ASMART, what's so interesting to me about Mission Restaurant Supply and ASMART being right there next to each other and everything is um, obviously your competitors. We have competitors that we're friendly with, but you guys really do seem to have a mutual respect for one another. Um, and I, I think I do recall that that you had left uh, Mission for, you know, a stint. And because I was going to, I wrote down a question for technology. How did you end up doing e-commerce, or I mean, sorry, working on uh, at Mission on the website? But so you've always had an interest in technology. Yeah. So um, in a lot of ways, I have had an interest in technology. Uh, in my personal life, I feel like a bit of a luddite. Uh, my wife's actually a computer engineer, so she's she's much more sort of uh, tech savvy than I am. Um, but really, I got my start in, you know, the kind of the beginning f- state of uh, internet sales, you know, so it was just kind of happenstance. I, I moved into that role. And uh, I wasn't really sure what I was doing then. And, and obviously, it really changed uh, very, very quickly. So, uh, but moving into a, the, the tech field, um, I, I guess I was I was intrigued by um, the, the kind of fast pace and uh, obviously, the tech culture, is, I think, is very interesting in a lot of ways. So I feel really fortunate to have done that for, for a few years because I, I, when I came back to Mission, um, I feel like I had a different perspective, um, and I feel like I was able to bring some of, some of those ideas to Mission. Um, and, you know, s- we certainly saw some progress uh, from a technology standpoint within our company, not, not necessarily through me, but I think they're just more more conversations were started. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, from a technology standpoint, I think, you know, we've got a lot uh, to continue learning. Um, there's still clearly an evolution within our company and our industry. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's an important part of our business now. I mean, we, we can't shy away from it. So aside from um, when, when you worked in the, the tech side, aside from playing ping pong at nine in the morning and drinking kale smoothies, what were some of the biggest takeaways that you had uh, that you were able to bring back over to Mission and, and implement right away? Yeah, so I think, um, I think culture was a big part of it. I mean, I think that working for a, a large tech company, some of the newer ones, um, they really, really want to create an environment that, that is friendly for the people that work there. They, they do a really great job of, uh, you know, identifying your strengths, uh, team building. Um, you know, I think that's something that's really, really critical. Um, and so just from a – that's not necessarily technology-based, but just from a, a company culture standpoint, um, I thought that was really uh, just a fun place to, to be and, and a great – great way to uh to meet new people and learn things um but yeah i mean the ping pong and the uh and the free coffee is obviously a lot of fun when you work for a tech company uh but outside of that i mean i I think that um 
you know, from a business standpoint, um, certain, and I'm only speaking from the sales side, I think that a lot of it is very process driven, right? So some of the sales leaders there were saying, hey, your personality isn't going to, isn't going to help you sell. Um, just cause you're, you're a fast talker and you, you drive a hot car doesn't, doesn't mean you're going to close deals. It's all about process and being prepared, right? So it's, it's knowing what you're going to talk about, um, and, and kind of creating a path for a prospective customer or an existing customer, um, and, and solution selling and not going in there and pushing a product, but really trying to uncover what the problem is and figuring out how you can provide a solution to that problem. And so that to me was, was new because in a lot of ways, my sales experience before was I'd, I'd pick up the phone and somebody said, Hey, I'm interested in a, in a piece of equipment. And you, you know, you fire off a quote and they may or may not call you back. And a lot of it's based on price, but you're not really spending time discovering and understanding what the, the needs are of the, of the end user of the customer. And so that really opened my eyes to the sales process. So, so you really have to be prepared. You can't go in and shoot from the hip. Um, you know, you have to really know what it is that, that, uh, is going to solve a problem. And so I, I really, a big takeaway was that, that process and, and talk less and listen more, you know? So, um, I think a lot of these big tech firms are, are moving, you know, in that direction. And I think a lot of that can be applied to what we're doing now, you know, move away from, from it being transactional and, and spend time listening to, uh, what a customer needs and, uh, see if you can provide a solution. And if the solution is product based, then great. But if it's not, if it's looping in another resource or, or a third party, then, you know, that sometimes that's part of the process. That's interesting, and I think it it goes back to maybe what you said. What part of your experience with the tech companies was? You mentioned the word culture and, and how important that was, and how um, it, it wasn't so much a mentality of you know, hey, you're lucky to have a job and sit here with your head down for 30 years and you'll get a Rolex at the end when you retire, but more of you know inclusion and hey, you have certain strengths and you have certain weaknesses, but let's play on those strengths and let's let you really shine. And I think I think that's critical. Um, I'd be curious to see to to get your perspective on that as far as how you've implemented um, that um, in, in your role at Mission um, in the e-commerce and then now here as, as you're in Dallas kind of overseeing the, the sales side. Yeah, so um, truly it is identifying strengths and, and trying to trying to, to focus on on that side of the employee or, or the person. Um, you know, you could spend a lot of time trying to, trying to point out weaknesses and, and make somebody better in those areas, but... Uh, I think that that's that's sort of the wrong approach when it's when you're developing employees. Um, so so here, you know, in, in my current role, I feel like it's it's understanding what everybody's doing, and uh, a lot of it to me is just it's putting the right people in the right seats, you know, based on those strengths. And we talk a lot about that right people, right seats, and it's you know, oftentimes when you when your organization's struggling, um, you know, you, you can you can look at people and and as opposed to pointing the finger and saying, well, you're not doing your job. You really got to understand, well, what are we asking them to do? And do they have the capacity to do that? So, Chris, as I said, I always leave a conversation with you thinking, and um, and this is no different. From a technology standpoint and a culture standpoint, what do you think the food service industry specifically needs to adjust to or or at least come to realize and then work towards adjusting well i think yeah yeah so i i think i understand the question um 
you know, I think that our customers' um, preferences are changing. The way they want to do business is changing, and so we have to adapt to their their wants and needs. Um, and if technology and and consuming our our services or our products is is you know their preference, you know, so say doing it through a website, um, then we have to offer that channel. Um, but it's not it's not a silver bullet either. So we can't we don't want to push our customers toward a technology um, because there are a lot of customers that still don't want to engage or consume that way, right? So it kind of goes back to, and this is not something that's that's new, but it's it's something that is certainly very relevant still. But um, omni-channel being an important part of of business, and so customers they want. They want to connect with you in a lot of ways. So they want to they want to be able to get on a website and find information, or place an order. They want to be able to go into a showroom and touch and feel a product. They want to be able to text, you know, or call a salesperson and get information on the fly. So so we have to adapt and have all these different channels available to our customers. Um, but we also can't force them to do one thing or another. You know, uh, so it, it's tough because. We, we can't be all things to all customers, and, and when you spread yourself out that way, it, the challenge is being really good at all of it. And so, so there, there are areas where, you know, we really, really thrive, and there are areas where it's, it's not our sort of core competency, but, we, but it's something that we offer because it's, it's what our customers say they, they want. Um, from an internal technology standpoint, you know, I think that, um, I think that technology can be an enabler. I think that it can really help people, um, you know, get the information they need a lot quicker. It can help people be more efficient in their, their day-to-day and, and how they're sort of scheduling their, their week, um, making sure they're following up with customers. But, again, it's not a silver bullet, you know. And so um, technology isn't the answer, uh, I, I, but I do think that um, people have to embrace it cause, because it's it's part of our culture now, you know, it's part of – society humanity um so so it really it, you know we have to embrace technology as much as possible um but it, you know we still have to have that human perspective and the human touch in our business so um i don't know if that sort of answers the question or not yeah you know it does i think you know there isn't a there if you're paying attention in the industry and not just our industry but that's the one we care the most about right now uh, you know, we're we're not at a tipping point, I don't think yet, with technology. But when you when you talk about omnichannel or embracing technology, I wonder if from the the time that we're living in now, there will be a new word that basically is an overlap, um, you know, of of technology and humanity. Because there's a divide there, and and a lot of people um, who who aren't comfortable with technology will will kind of fall back to that you know their comfort zone, right? You know, the, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not on there. It's a waste of time or whatever. And in some cases, certainly technology is a waste of time. But what's never a waste of time is that human to human contact, connectivity, the value, you know, and this is what this podcast is about, is connecting. 
Um, but technology is, is, you know, it's not going away unless, you know, you watch a lot of Mad Max type movies. It's not going away. And, and um, yeah, so you did answer my question, I guess. Um, to me, one thing that would be interesting to know for you, what's the biggest, and is it technology or is it um, culture? What's the biggest... Or most interesting, actually the most interesting changes you've seen in the industry since you started? Yeah, I think it's the, uh, it's the information shift. You know, I mean, I think that years ago um, our customers didn't have the information. They had to come to us as the experts, and we were the ones that were, were providing the, the, the information about products and specifications. And so there was this information asymmetry, and, and that has shifted. You know, I mean... Um, our customers are so much more well-informed about what it is they want and need and, and how they can get it and, and, you know, expectation of what the price is. And so, um, you know, the, there has been a shift. And so I think the challenge for us is being able to balance that and say, okay, you're right. You do have a lot of information, but, do you really know it all? Are you are just because you're able to get some information off a website or online? Does that make you an expert in this? And so we still have to be the experts, and and solving problems and providing solutions and looking at it from a different view. Um, so that's that's made it really hard because because again, you know, the, our customers and users just are so much smarter and so much more well informed. But um, just because you go to WebMD and you can read a little bit about what you think the 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 issue is doesn't mean that you're a doctor and that that, that even is the you know the ailment. So um, we have to go back and say, okay, you know, we are still the authority. We still we can still help you. We can still bring value to your project. We can still solve problems and be a sustainable resource for your business, even though you're able to get spec sheets and pricing and tons of information and you can read thousands of customer reviews about a product or you know a service so um, I think that's been the biggest change that shift in information so technology e-commerce now the general manager what's next Chris no I'm just kidding I'm not going to do that to you but what I mayor do of Dallas <laughs> what what um we have a difficult time explaining to people what it is we do as manufacturers reps and I've been doing it a long time and I still haven't you know I don't have an elevator speech for that do you have do you have a hard time are people intrigued when you talk about what you do in this industry to you know industry outsiders yeah I think mission has a really unique model and so there's a there are a lot of things that we do that um, other dealers do not. And so, so I can say, yeah, this, this is, I'm in the food service equipment and supply business. And people say, okay, well, what is that? And it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we supply these products and solutions for food service operators. So that could be a restaurant. It could be a bar. It could be a school. It could be another institution. And so, so people don't realize how, how many businesses or industries we touch and then when you really start talking about the services, I think it really kind of blows people's minds because it's, you know, I could say, hey, well, you know, we offer design services. We have a, a metal fabrication shop and kind of explain what that means. You know, we've got retail locations, 
you know, cash and carry where you can come in and buy pots and pans. Uh, we're in e-commerce. Um, we've got, you know, a leasing program that's full service. We've got, you know, service techs on the road. Uh, we've got outside salespeople. So, so it's really interesting to kind of talk about the, the breadth of services and all the businesses we touch. And so, you know, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I, I kind of blather on and people are like, whatever, dude, you sell pots and pans or refrigerators. Um, but really, when you, when you can talk about all the services you offer and, and all the different uh, businesses you can, you can touch and help, I think people, they don't realize how, how much food service there is out there. You know, it's not just restaurants. It's, it's schools. It's hospitals. It's, um, you know, it's, it's all over. So that's fun because it's not, we're not limited to, you know, one, one type of service and one type of industry. I mean, they're, we're kind of all over. Well, we, we continue to work on, on our our elevator speech and how we fit into the supply chain as well. And it's really difficult. You did a good job, by the way. It's really difficult for me to um, talk about all of the changes. I've, you know, I'm just a wee bit older than you and have been been a witness to a lot of different changes. I have to say, while I'm challenged more than I've ever been, as a small business owner, um, and and just you know, even as a manufacturer's rep, as the industry changes so fast, and you, you know, kind of everybody's head is spinning. And we just got back from NAFM and noticed that too. What's really cool is it seems to be energizing us all. Every single dealer that I got to chat with at the show. Um, every everybody, all the manufacturers and the end users. I was so happy to see so many end users at the show. Everybody seemed genuinely, positively energized. It's heartening to hear that um, you know you guys understand. There's much that you need to offer, but that technology isn't everything. You're still valuing that human to human contact. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I recognize that technology has disrupted our industry it's disrupted a lot of industries and in a lot of ways it's commoditized our our business and i think the one thing that is not a commodity and i and i hope there's no way that it could ever become a commodity is is our people and our service you know so when you think about the the products that we sell the pots and pans the refrigerators the fryers it's become a commodity somebody's always going to have it cheaper somebody's always going to be able to deliver faster you know so how do we how do we move past that and say okay well what value do we bring and so you know to me um i don't think that our competitive advantage is the the, the discounts we get, you know, um, the low prices we can offer, I think it's, it's the people and the service, you know. And so, so when we're competing against the, the really big uh, dealers or even the Amazons of the world that have, have started to disrupt our market, um, I think that, that it's great the technology has, has provided more information. And, you know, I, I'm, I use Amazon, for example. But, um, you know, I think that, that human connection i think the the service and taking a step further i think is really is really going to be key um to not letting technology disrupt our industry so much so that everything is a commodity you know i think that we can still say okay yes these products have become a bit commoditized but our service is not our people are still the the real value 
Um, so, you know, as much as I, I love technology and I'm, I embrace it and I think mission embraces it, and I think our industry's really started to embrace it, certainly seeing more of that uh, at NAFM and, and other uh, conferences. Um, I think the people part in the service is not a commodity, and I, I just really, really hope that that's the way it remains as long as I'm in the industry. Justin, I'm just going to pipe in before we do the fire the board questions and challenge everybody in food manufacturing, food science. What I'd like to see is that I can eat whatever I want and my body automatically stops using the calories at the right amount, you know, whether it's 1,200 calories, 1,500 calories, whatever it is. So you see what I'm saying? Like buffet, at, like on that third piece of pizza or whatever, I can eat whatever I want, doesn't matter. So that's that's what I hope. Just just saying. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fantastic. We Nobody would ever be at work. We would all just be at buffets. <laughs> we could have buffets at just, work. Exactly. <laughs> buffet lined up, everybody at work. All right. Um, so, Chris, before we get out of here, thank you again very much for making uh, so much time for us. So to, uh, to kind of wrap this up, we have a, a fun segment that we do called Fire the Board. And for anybody listening that doesn't know what that means, that is a back-of-the-house kitchen expression when you have a bunch of tickets that have orders um, on them that um, the chef will say, okay, go ahead, cook this item, cook this item, and when it comes to basically everybody wanting their food at once in the dining room. And if you've ever worked in a kitchen, that's exactly how it works. Um, you're just, your hair's on fire. Uh, the chef will say, fire the board, which means basically cook everything all at once as fast as you can, hurry up, and it's got to be perfect, and everything's got to be 100% correct. Uh, but do it as fast as you can. So in, in that uh, in that uh, spirit, uh, we have a segment called Fire the Board, which are some rapid-fire questions, uh, hard-hitting journalistic questions geared to get to the soul of Chris Collins. Are you ready, <laughs> sir? Ready. Fire away. All right. Uh, Carrie, I'll lead it off here. Chris, your favorite food? All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm from uh, San Antonio, so I'm going to have to say Tex-Mex, but I, recently I've really kind of been obsessed with dumplings and noodles. All right. Dumplings and noodles. Okay. What are you binge watching right now? Actually, my wife and I just finished watching The Sopranos all the way through. Uh, <laughs> she'd never seen it. I watched it years ago, um, and it's it was... It was a lot of fun. It's one of the greatest shows ever. Um, so we are kind of we're looking for something new to binge watch. So if y'all have any suggestions, I'd I'd love to hear. I do. Right. I do. I'm going to tell you right now. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Your wife might like it more. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's awesome. It, the, it's amazing. There you go. Marvelous Mrs. Okay. Maisel. Awesome. And I will go with uh, one that's been out for a couple of years. Um, if you haven't seen it, Narcos, uh, about Pablo Escobar, uh, that yeah. was on Netflix, and that is awesome. Great show. Yep, caught up on that too. Uh, next question: Beer or wine? You know, I'd say I feel like we drink more wine these days. So <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, red or white? Uh, that really depends. Just wet? Yeah. <laughs> just, just wet wine? Okay. Yeah. What he has. What he has. So what's your favorite vacation spot? Uh, favorite vacation spot? Um, probably Tulum, Mexico. Uh, that's actually where I got married, and so that was probably one of my, my favorite vacations because, um, you know, we had a, a small group. There was about 30 people that were there, and everybody was – 
uh, kind enough to kind of extend their stay. So I'd never been on a, you know, a, a nice vacation with some of the, the, the closest people in my life. So, um, but it's also accessible. I mean, in, in the sense that it's only a three hour flight to get there and, uh, it's still relatively inexpensive and still kind of, you know, untapped. So it's really a beautiful place. The last place that you had a really fun meal at. We went to Beto and Sons this past weekend. I'd never been there before, and that was that was fun. It was a good place to kind of hang out and have a, a nice meal and a margarita on a on a sunny Saturday. So that was that was a cool spot down in Trinity Groves. All right, yeah, that place is cool down there. Justin, you can take me next time I'm in town. All right, deal. Yeah. So, what's the last good book that you read? I'm like 60 pages away from finishing The Devil in the White City. Uh, and it's been a pretty interesting book about the, the Chicago World Fair back in the, the late 1800s. So that's that's been a pretty pretty fun book to read. Um, I read one that kind of stuck with me recently was a book by Jonathan Franzen called Freedom. Uh, I really like his stuff, uh, Purity and, and the Corrections. If you haven't you haven't read his books, but uh, really really good novels. So um, that was one that's kind of stood out recently uh peanut butter crunchy or smooth crunchy baby come on i like it <laughs> coffee or tea oh definitely coffee Ga- gallons of coffee uh, gallons. The last sporting event that you attended the last what the last sporting event that you attended sporting event oh it was probably a mavs game unfortunately go spurs <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is this is the most important critical thing that we've asked you during this whole interview. What song that you're that you've listened to that you listen to that you're embarrassed to admit? Mm, that like I, a song that I really like um, that That's that I don't want anybody yeah. to know. Yes, that you're about to tell everybody. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. it's probably okay. How? Let me let me dig deep here and come up with one that's really really bad. Um, probably Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is. It's just so amazingly bad. Um, and I feel like I want everybody to hear it as loudly as possible, uh, mainly my family. I think they get pretty uncomfortable. But that's a, that's a really cheesy kind of power ballad. And that's, uh, that's part of your morning ritual, you get up before you leave, you look in the mirror and listen to that song? <laughs> uh, no comment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, Justin, I can just picture everybody at Mission Restaurant Supply, like everybody, not just in Dallas, San Antonio, everywhere when they see him. I, I challenge them to all go get some foreigner T-shirts and wear them the next time they're in a meeting or something. Oh, man. Yes. You're going to edit this part out, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it has been uh, – we've gone over time because you're so great to interview and – um, as I said earlier and uh, twice now, I think I really do enjoy uh, our interactions and, and I learn from you. It's great to have you on the podcast and Justin's lucky to get to work with you there in Dallas. Well, thank you all both. Yes. We really appreciate the partnership we have with Forbes, Heaver and Wallace. And I think this is a, an awesome thing you all are doing. So thank you so much for, for letting us be a part of it, letting me be a part of it. Well, thank You're you. welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in, listening to another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. Uh, We will be back in two weeks with another episode. And please, if you have a minute, take time to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Take care.